Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kevins here. Casey's out today. Abdul in for Casey. Coming up in just a, a few moments, we're going we're gonna to get into... All this drama going on with Republican mayoral candidate Jefferson Shreve, his public safety plan. Obviously, Abdul ran for mayor of Indianapolis on the Republican side this spring. So we're going to kind of look at what Shreve proposed, some of the mistakes he may have made, if he can undo them. And we thought Abdul would be the absolute perfect guy to ask that to. And we'll do that in here in just a, a few moments. But first, it was a big event down in Palm Beach over the weekend, Turning Point USA. That's Charlie Kirk's organization. Uh, put that on and there were a lot of the heavy Republican hitters there speaking and one of the people Abdul was none other than Donald Trump and I don't know where you're at Abdul but it's a little alarming to me that apparently by the way you ever been to the White House you ever you you are a person who loves history you love politics you ever done a tour of the White House I've been by the White House a couple of times but never actually been in yeah I uh I went once, and they had uh, roped off. There was something going on. You could not go in. You can't. Uh, by the way, you can't just walk up and go. I'm here for the tour. Like this is not uh, yeah. the Dan Quayle Museum <laughs> in, in 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 Huntington. You you got to plan. You got to do it months in advance. They got to know who's coming. I find it a little. Well, I, first of all, I found it totally unbelievable. But if indeed you can, I find it a little alarming that somehow. You can, I guess, sneak a bag of cocaine on as part of your tour and no one would know the difference. Well, that is not the first time drugs have been in the White House. Uh, Back in 1990, I believe it was, uh, during the the, quote-unquote the war on drugs. Yes. uh, I remember George Herbert Walker Bush uh, pulled off his oval oval off his ass like this bag of crack was bought right across the street from the White House. I'm I'm not making this up. Anybody anybody who was got 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 a good memory remember those days uh during the the, the big war on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a little alarming, right, that the assertion from the Secret Service and now the Biden administration is that somebody can go on a tour of the White House because their thing now is it wasn't anybody who worked here. It was somebody on a tour of some sort can just waltz into the White House with a bag of cocaine and just leave it hanging around. <laughs> Nobody believes that, right? Yeah, come on. Well, my thing is that uh, they, they probably know a little bit more than what they're releasing publicly. I don't necessarily think anybody from the White House staff, you know, brought the blow into the White House. Oh, yeah. It's not like this. Because uh, you can take it from, the, bring it in from the West Wing, not the East Wing. There's <laughs> not a prime suspect in the president's son. I mean, no, no, absolutely no chance. So anyway, Turning Point USA, big event uh, down there in West Palm Beach. And uh, Trump was one of the speakers at this event. And he said the same thing. No way. They didn't know who left the cocaine. And despite having done nothing wrong, the White House just announced they've dropped the investigation into the West Wing cocaine scandal of just a few days. Think of it. They have cocaine going into the White House. They've got more cameras than any building probably in the world. It's opposite the Situation Room. I said it the other day, first time, you know, Situation Room, know it very well. Probably the most important room anywhere in the world. That's where war is decided, where nuclear is decided, where everything is decided. They say, oh, gee, we didn't have any cameras. Like hell, they didn't. 
By the way, can you scoot over that way a little bit? People want to see you on the YouTube feed because oh. you're so skinny and beautiful now. <laughs> I uh, can't forget you guys got the thank YouTube Thank you. Yes. By the way, you can watch us on the YouTube feed. Just put in Kendall and Casey. Look at how skinny you are. <laughs> Lost like a whole person. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. And I also shaved my uh, facial hair off because Rob, uh, <laughs> Rob saw a picture of me on Facebook this weekend. He's about to get like, dude, are you losing more weight? I, th- <laughs> I told like, him, dude, I saw this photo. So you have all, almost the entire time I've known you, you've either had a mustache or a Fu Manchu yeah. of some sort. And I saw this photo of you, and I'm looking at it. You ever done this where you, you something's different about a person? And you can't pinpoint what it is. And it was like, oh my gosh, is Abdul losing weight again? And I was so concerned. And he said, no, man, I just shaved off my shaved off a face. We'll be back in three weeks. Okay, so get back to Trump. He's right. There's cameras everywhere. There's no way anybody honestly believes that if they didn't really want to know in the White House who left a bag of cocaine laying around, that they couldn't actually do that. Well, the thing is, uh, it is it, uh, on the back on the plastic bag of cocaine. There got to be fingerprints, right? Plain and simple. You, you take those fingerprints and you run through the database and you figure out who's got what. Um, and that, that that's my thing about the about the cocaine thing. I, I do wish so. However, at the end of the day, though, uh, getting back to turning point, that uh, Donald Trump would just stop talking because every time he talks as an attorney, my I just cringe. Because like you're you're not you're under indictment you're not helping yes you may be innocent blah blah I don't believe you're innocent but whatever just stop talking because everything you say can and definitely will be used against you in a court of law. All right. Speaking of Turning Point USA, Tucker, after uh, destroying Mike Pence's presidential ambitions in Iowa, he went down there and spoke at length. And I thought this was a really interesting part of his speech, talking about what gets punished in this country and what goes free. And that is super relevant right now as we look at what's going on with the president. And then as it relates to Joe Biden, take a listen. No one is punished for lying. People are only punished for telling the truth. You could literally, you could literally wake up tomorrow, move to the Bahamas, start a fake cryptocurrency, defraud a million investors around the world of billions of dollars. I'm just saying you could do, and I'm not recommending it. Note to the FEC, not recommending it. But you could do that. And you can get caught, and people might have like a balanced view of you. He's really smart, good guy, got a little over his skis, as we say. But like, I'm not gonna hate on him, right? We all make mistakes. Like, who here, raise your hand if you haven't defrauded a million investors with a fake cryptocurrency? Okay, there are some, there are some. You cast the first stone then! Those kinds of crimes, which is to say actual crimes, like burning down buildings, impoverishing people, starting totally counterproductive wars we can't win that kill a lot of our citizens, leaving the border open so 7 million people can walk across. Those are not small things. That's like, it's not all like forgetting to fold your napkin correctly at Thanksgiving. Those are like actually kind of world historic crimes. Never punished. What are the crimes that are punished? Thought crimes thinking the wrong thing, having the wrong beliefs, saying unapproved words. Isn't it wild? And I know you are a longtime studier of politics. You're a longtime part of politics. That Tucker Carlson, like if you just said 20 years ago, the guy on crossfire with the bow tie, 
is going to be arguably the most influential person now in the conservative movement and probably is definitely the most influential person in conservative media. There's no way you would have believed that. No way. Um, <clears throat> no, don't even well, try. No, 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 because uh, over time, the overtime things change. You know, people, you know, people come and go. Like for example, what Tucker Carlson's doing today is what Pat Buchanan did 20, 20 years ago. Pat Buchanan was never as popular as Tucker Carlson. No, no, but also, but, uh, but no, no, the, the, the names change, but the story pretty much stays exactly, exact, exactly the same. And just like Pat Buchanan was in the eighties, William Beth Buckley was in the in the nineteen sixties. We're, we're all products of our time. There'll never be another Rush, so he's never going to ascend to the level of Rush because Rush was the de facto hub of where everyone went. Even if you were an establishment person, you listened to Rush. Certainly, if you were a conservative person, you listened to Rush. Tucker doesn't have quite the endearing nature that rush did where and he's certainly not the entertainer that that rush was but if there is a guy right now who is the guy it may be him yes now that that i agree that i agree wholeheartedly uh also got to remember too it's uh when it comes to people like limbaugh and he used to have a, a phrase on his radio show it's the pioneers who take the arrows <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah and he totally right. he totally changed uh, the the dynamics of talk radio it actually saved am radio yeah because yeah. radio was on the on its way out the Do, door. Does Tucker? Because again, you've been in media, you've studied media for a long time. I think Tucker has a shelf life though, because like with Rush, he never had a shelf life because every day was different. The entertainment side of Rush was even better than the actual policy side of Rush. I think Tucker has a shelf life, not in terms of he's going to go away, but in terms of being the guy, because I just don't think he's all that entertaining i think he's brilliant i don't think he's all that entertaining right and the the thing about limbaugh too was uh limbaugh uh, actually had quite a bit in common with howard stern i know it's going to freak out a whole lot of people because the people who who liked him would listen for like say 15 minutes why because we want to hear what he's going to say next well well people dislike him well they listen for 17 minutes yeah why because they listen to they hear what he wants to what's what he wants to say next like my mom when she would listen to limbaugh it's like i can't stand that man he gets on my nerves like but but but, honey but mom you're you're listening yeah like yeah because he gets on my nerves yeah mission accomplished i've made a living for years (laughs) doing that exact same thing Uh, all right let's take a break when we come back i want to get into i mean it was a really a rough week last week for Jefferson Shreve, the Republican candidate for mayor. He releases this public safety plan. I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. People ask me, we're like, you're kind of measured on your responses. Because I do think there's a lot of things that are much better than Joe Hogshead. But the gun thing was a total disaster. You had a public safety plan. You ran for mayor. I want to kind of get your opinion on what Shreve put forward and what does he need to do now because he's clearly alienated a lot of people. We'll talk about it. Abdul's in for Casey. It's Kendall Casey Show at 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Old man, look at my life. 24 and there's so much more. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Kev's here. Casey's out today. Abdul in for Casey. Okay, so last week, I think it would be an understatement if you're in the Jefferson Shreve campaign. Jefferson Shreve, of course, Republican nominee for mayor of Indianapolis, taking on Joe Hogsett this fall. That that was a disaster in terms of how the public safety plan rollout went. <clears throat> and at the time... Uh, 
last week, a lot of people said, wow, Rob is not really screaming. He's not really losing his mind. Rob, we have pictured him being more animated about this policy proposal, the specific one that would basically mirror Joe Hogsett's grab on guns. And I said, look, here's the thing. I wholeheartedly disagree with this. I think it's terrible. I still think Jefferson Shreve is 80% better than Joe Hogsett. And Joe Hogsett's a zero. And our city can't have four more years of Joe Hogsett. And then that's the reality of it. And so while the Shreve plan is stupid and it's unworkable and it's not going to take place, I'm also recognizing that the guy is a markedly better option. And so I wanted to keep that at the forefront because this city is donezo if Hogsett gets four more years. Abdul, you ran for mayor of Indianapolis. You had a public safety plan. You probably, if you had not had $2 million thrown at you by Jefferson <laughs> Shreve, would have been the Republican nominee for, for mayor. This is a the, the gun the gun let's start with the gun plan. The gun plan's stupid, right? I mean it's unworkable and it, it just comes off as pandering and virtue signaling. Well, here's what here's what I thought about the about the gun about uh, Jefferson's gun proposal. Number one, all I was always taught that politics is always about addition and not subtraction. And so once again, that's that's kind of point number one. Point number two What does that mean? It is about getting more votes and not losing votes. Yeah, okay. Very good. Sort of have a net increase of votes. Yeah. That's kind of point number one. Point number two, it's always a sort of a fine line when you go from a primary to a general election. Once again, my World Trade Towers example I used earlier earlier today. You're, you're going from the primary to the general election. You're walking on the trade centers. On, on the, it's, it's the man on the wire. So, yeah. so, so there's that. What Now, now the, the bulk of Jefferson's plan, you know, public safety director, agree it's with. great. Uh, agree with that part. Uh, you know, get the root causes of crime. Sure, because you can't just jail everybody. I totally get that. My, my issue on the gun part and Jefferson and I haven't had a chance to, to chat yet about this. On, on the gun part was, even if you believed it, even if you believe, you know, we should we should bring back permits, you know, raise the age to 18 years old, you know, get rid of AR-15 or whatever the number is, assault-style style weapons, even if you believe it, why would you take your, for lack of a better term, your biggest, your silver bullet yes. against your hog set and basically look like, look like you're adopting it as your own. Yeah. It, because because, it, because it, now you can't really criticize the mayor's public safety plan yes. because what the mayor's folks can say is, well, I don't know why you're criticizing it. You, you, you liked enough to steal our steal yeah. our public safety plan. Yeah, it, it's it, now we're talking about things. They're not around the edges, but they come off as around the edges, like a public safety director, which is a big deal. When the conversation last week became about Shreve and Hawks that have the same public safety plan, they don't. But you lose the high ground on the top on on this signature issue because you said Hawks that's good enough on this, right? And and to me now. I, I like I said I understand the, the logic and rationale. But legally possessed guns are an issue here in Marion County, which is why I think the focus of Jefferson's public safety plan should have been on the illegally possessed weapons, not people who are obeying law. Because, uh, for example, let's say you get rid of permitless carry in Marion County and you do it on a county by county basis. Well, let's say I live in Hancock County or Hendricks County, where you don't need a permit, but I work in Marion County. Doesn't mean I got to leave my gun at home. What if I'm just driving through? Logistically, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of issues with that so so i so that's kind of point number one uh point number two uh one of jefferson's uh sort of advisors so i think he said in the ibj uh that that a that a mayoral candidate indianapolis has a history of mayoral candidates who've gone against their party so they talk about dick luger and segregation bart peterson and the and the charter schools 
uh, Greg Battle on the, on the LGBT rights issue uh, 10, 12 years ago and some change. I was like, well, yes, they did. But number one, they weren't running for re-election. Number two, they were already mayor, so to speak. And number three, you know, segregation was was a bad thing. I mean, right. there, there's, there's no argument about, about any of that. But, but I think Jefferson, uh, let's put it this way. Had I been the nominee, I'd have probably done things a little bit differently. Well, and so, look, I think... I don't know for sure yet, but I think, and it would totally 100% be in his best interest, and I think that's why he recognizes this. I think we're going to have Jefferson on the show later this week. And, uh, look, I'm charming and charismatic, I get it, but he knows our audience and he knows we speak to a lot of people. If, that he needs to win back. If you were Jefferson Shreve at this point, what does he need to say? Because I'm not sure you can win back. Now, Guy Relford doesn't count because he doesn't live in Marion County. He lives in Carmel. I mean, he, he counts in the sense of he's a person. He has a voice, et cetera. But I'm talking about residents like Jason Hammer. What do you, Can you win those people? Like, what could he say? And then if you try to win them back, do you run the risk of it? Look, I was totally pandering. Like, what does he do now? And Because obviously, we're going to ask him about it. If he comes on, we have to. You know, we And we're going to do a deep actually, dive. Actually, what do you do? Actually, I'm still thinking about that one. It's like, okay, how do you undig yourself out of this political hold now is the race over no but day in politics is a lifetime anything can happen between now and then and technically nobody can be mad at you forever well i take that back my wife can be mad at you forever <laughs> but, but, but nobody can technically be mad at you be mad at you or upset with you forever with that said though the, the, the challenge for jefferson is going to be how do you get back in the good graces you know of those folks uh, who are concerned about crime or who are concerned about violence who are concerned about illegally possessed weapons, but but it doesn't it does not look like you're going after law abiding citizens. To to me that he, he's got he's got a bigger challenge now than he did uh, I say before Wednesday of last week. Yeah, and I struggle with this because as a Hoosier lifer, while I don't live in Marion County, I certainly work here every day. I certainly. Uh, you know, I have. You're a, affected by what happens. Well, here. I am absolutely, and and every donut county is absolutely affected, and everybody in the state is technically affected by the capital city, and it sucks as someone who has been coming to this city for years and years and years, who has great memories in this city, made for years and years and years. I do not feel comfortable just waltzing around Indianapolis right now. And people had always said, well, how could you support Abdul? And he's very liberal and blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, uh, the the number one reason, and I told you this from the beginning, other than I love you, is you would have been great on the crime issue. And that's the issue, right? Solving violence, solving criminal behavior, solving panhandling and accosting people downtown. That is the issue. And I think Shreve would still do a markedly better job than Joe Hogsett. Now, I don't have a vote, but I'm still willing to hear what the guy has to say because we cannot deal with four more years of Joe Hogsett. Now, uh, now Shreve did say uh, in his news release that he would uh, he would talk to uh, the Speaker of Houston, Senate President Pro Tim Bray. I don't, right now, because once again, anything can change in politics, I don't see any Republican lawmaker offered up a proposal to let Marion County wave out of the gun purchase, the no way. the AR-15 assault-style weapons, or or the permitless carry. Because here's another thing, too. Let's say you got to be 21 now to buy a gun in Marion County. Okay, I'll just drive across Raceway Drive or 96th Street. And- oh, okay, we got to get to a break because Kurt Darling, again, foaming at the mouth to get this newscast in. But before we go, two things. One, let's say we have him on Wednesday. What would you tell him to say when he comes on? And two... Did he lose more people than he gained by this proposal? 
the uh, right now what, what what is in my thought process is like look i'm a lifelong member of the nra i would tell the story why i joined the nra because someone actually broke into his home and they were concerned so we got uh, a gun for protection took gun safety training course the whole nine yards i would say i would say i'd al- i've always been a member a, a, a supporter of the second amendment i would not do anything to trample on your second amendment rights you know this is a starting point you know for a conversation about how we can deal with illegally possessed weapons all right, uh, let's take a break. But when I'm not co- in anybody's campaign. <laughs> well, you know uh, my thoughts on who I thought would be the best choice. Um, and as usual, I think I might have been proven right. But uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that. If he comes on, we think it'd be a great idea, and, and we think it'd be the best thing for him. All right, let's take a break. Voicemails are next. We got an incredible phone call about someone who had an interaction with Mike Braun over the weekend and asked him what his plan is with property taxes. And it is his answer was just, it was unbelievable and totally believable at the same time. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answer. 317-684-8444. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you'd like to call, leave a message. And then maybe if your message is interesting enough, that's the key, right? We are in the entertainment business. So you got to be interesting. You got to be entertaining. If it's one of those two things, you might be able to tell your friends and family did you hear me on the radio? Uh, it's the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Abdul's in for Casey today. And call number 10 wins a free pizza. Here. Well, you know, Abdul, we've said for a long time, the reason we do this is because these airwaves are very valuable. It's very valuable real estate. And I know some people will take just random phone calls. We are not risking that on this show. Uh, we are going to control what gets on, and we're going to make sure that you, your phone call is living up to the very high expectation our audience has when it comes to being entertained. You see, my first uh, days of being the talk radio shows, oh gosh, back in like 2002, more than 20 years ago, uh, we used to basically uh, producer producing our own show. Yeah. So we had to run the board uh-huh. and do the calls and no producer, no those no calls. No dumb button, no nothing. No, no dumb button. Sound alive on a wire, right? We were talking about working without a net. <laughs> And those days are awesome. Uh, so anyway, 317-684-8444 is the phone number. I, full disclosure, I am the one who vets the voicemail. So if you're looking to get on the air, say things you think I might approve of and or be interested in. All right. So uh, one of the things that amazes me, Abdul, and I've said this and I will continue to say this, is it remember in Happy Gilmore where he's like, just tap it in the hole, Happy. It's just a little <laughs> tap, tap, tap The ball's right there. You just got to tap it in the hole. In the Republican <laughs> primary to me, the tap it in the hole, it's property taxes. Even if you have no plan, and, 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 and just so just so we make it clear, we're not we're not we're not using a Freudian slip here or euphemism. You're literally talking about tapping it. Yes, <laughs> like I mean, there's just it's just just like the property taxes in a Republican primary be completely out of control. It's like a freebie. At least Curtis Hill, when we asked him about it the other day, he didn't have a plan, but at least he was like, "Yeah, that's bullcrap. Somebody better fix that." You know, of course, you would be the one to fix it. But none of the other people, and no one, including Curtis Hill, have an actual concrete plan to deal with property taxes. And to me, in the Republican primary at least, that seems like the biggest freebie winner to get people to go, well, that dude has a plan. Or in the case of Suzanne, that girl has a plan. I may not like the rest of it, but at least they got a plan to fix property taxes. None of them seem to care. 
Well, I, I think they care, but we got. But you also got to understand too is that the state is limited by what it can do with property taxes in the sense that property taxes for the most part are dictated you know, by local assessments and why by, is that who and, makes and, the rules and, and by local spending who no, makes no, the no, rules hold on hold on for a second there chief let's let's ease off the accelerator who makes the rules <laughs> see folks hey we got through a, an hour and 36 <laughs> minutes before we sure we got into it with each other <laughs> ease off ease off there sparky <laughs> um with with that said though a, a lot of a lot of our property tax bills are basically driven you know these days by market forces it's the old free market it's what a, what a house goes for what a house sells for and, and the assessed value now i think there are things you can do on, on the assessment side of things and if you're sort of an owner occupied home over 65 i think there's some things we can do with the property taxes to make life a little bit easier a little bit more affordable uh for folks to live in their homes but the the state's hands are tied for the a, a lot a lot of the hands are tied uh, but what happens with with property taxes because a lot of it is driven by local spending and market forces so what a lame-ass excuse. Even for you. It's true, though. They make the rules. This is always the thing that the state lawmakers do. I'd love to help you out, but that's a local issue. As though they don't make it a local issue. They're in charge of everything. And this is what these lawmakers do all the time, and you know this. When it's something that's hard, they go, well, that's a hands off, Johnny. Local issue, local control, local domain. But when it's something that they can be Johnny Tough Guy on that's not going to have ramification, they seize power. Like it's going out of style. They always want their cake and eat it too. And they could fix this. They could step in. They could change the system. They don't want to, though. But they see, don't but, but, want but, but, to. Here's the question, though. What would you change the system to? Well, first of all, I think it's the whole form of taxation is totally unjust because you never actually own your home. That is ridiculous that the government taxes me on something they have absolutely nothing to do with they had absolutely no no no, no but, but 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 then again but then again if you get rid of property tax okay let's say we got rid of property tax yes great then how do we pay for the services that the home receives that make, which makes the homes valuable it's the police it's the fire it's the, the schools it's the sewer because i reject your premise that the state of indiana needs a 44 and a half billion dollar biennial budget i work well the state, state of indiana doesn't get that we're talking we're talking no, about no, we're talking no, talk, talk, talk about local police local fire okay. local roads local sewer local schools. right right so there's two parts to your question number one we have a gross excessive amount of revenue the capital chronicle detailed how these scumbags now micah told me not to use the word scumbag uh heathen what was the word i forget what word he told me to use we went over it earlier in the show these terrible people at the state our state lawmakers deliberately plowed through 3.1 billion dollars just right to the magic number and then changed the law so they didn't have to give people a refund i totally reject the fact that there's not enough money laying around i also reject as i watched the town of brownsburg school Cor- brownsburg community school corporation literally buying homes so they can demolish them and build roundabouts and not tell residents about it they have so much money there construction is everywhere i don't except for a moment that they're the well the schools would cease to exist if we didn't have property taxes no. exactly as they are today no i didn't know i didn't say schools would cease to exist my question is how would you pay for local government services uh, the whole the whole tax code is screwed up the whole and and let's let also let's not forget when they raised when they capped air quote because of course they didn't actually cap the property taxes because the school corporations anytime they want can use public money unless you have rob kendall on your side to put a referendum forward and just blow through communities and raise taxes so we're not actually no, no, but, but, even, but even the referendums part old friend the decisions put uh 
for, to, for, to the locals. Locals can say, hey, look, we want to raise our property taxes to pay for construction operation costs, or we, or we don't. And and I would argue that referendums are not necessarily about the money, about the relationship that your school district has with your public. Abdul, so in Brownsburg, let's use Brownsburg as an example. That We got outspent 100000 when you factor in the taxpayer-funded consultant that they hired, 100000 to 3000 You're going to tell me that in any community that doesn't have me on their side and the, and the microphone that I have and the, and the blueprint that I – or the footprint that I have – that that's a fair fight, a hundred thousand to three, when they're using public money what to I would, tip the scales. Then what I would argue is you need to create Rob Rob Kendall RK Consulting uh, LLC. I'm here for <laughs> the people help fight, to help you fight referendums. All right, point on all of this because it's voicemails. <laughs> because we maybe we'll have this more of this conversation next hour. Uh, people are like, you guys are being so nice to each other today. It's uh, so disappointing. Yeah, an hour uh, forty minutes, folks. That's how long it lasts. Somebody <laughs> caught up with Mike Braun at the Hendricks County Fair and asked him what his plan was with property taxes, and. Here's what he had to say. Hey, Rob, you asked the question of what our candidates for Indiana governor think about our property tax deal. I happened to run into Senator Braun last night at Hendricks County Fair right before the rainout, and I asked him what his plan was for Indiana property taxes and why I should vote for him. He stumbled around and said that the smaller um, counties and everything aren't feeling it as big as the bigger cities, but we should wait four to five years and we'll finally reach a stress breaking point to where that will start ticking the um, property taxes into the lower thing and the assessments and everything will start bringing it back down to normal. But we just have to wait that four or five years, regardless if people are struggling now, it'll eventually work itself out there. And it's something that he might look at, but it's something that he thinks it'll fix it himself. And I asked him about the break last in case of emergency abuse of the referendums and he's stating that smaller counties like jasper where he's from need it to survive to get more kids and stuff in and that the free and reduced lunch is part of that that they need to withdraw money into that to stuff onto their thing so they can keep an operating budget and that referendums do serve a place and that there is no intention if they do any legislation on property taxes, they are not going to close that loophole. So we're still going to be used as a piggy bank no matter what happens. So there, I mean, look, you have it. At least he answered the question. If you vote for Mike Braun, you're getting nothing on property taxes. If you vote for Mike Braun, the referendum clause, which we all know is totally abused. You were there at the time. The premise of the referendum clause and why it was put in the Constitution was for emergencies that could not be foreseen. It wasn't because administrators might have to take a pay cut if we don't pass referendums. That's complete crap. So now we know if you vote for Mike Braun, you're getting absolutely no help on property taxes. He's going to tell you to kiss his ass, and the referendum clause is going to stay exactly as it is, and school corporations, whenever they want, will be able to use public money to raise your taxes. So now, at least he answered the question. People can vote and move forward accordingly. All right. <laughs> yeah, this is your turn. <laughs> no, I was looking up, I was looking up something up. Right there, real quick. Uh, uh, here we go. Here's the thing on on, on referendums, and uh, I've said this once, and I've said it, I've said it again. Cause I remember the I remember the, the great property tax debate uh, back in 2006, 2007. They got Greg Bad elected, which scared the hell out of Indiana lawmakers. Like, hey, now we need to do something about these property taxes. Yes, uh, because Indiana, the, the 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 issue has always been, you know, is property taxation a fair way to fund government? And we can have that philosophical discussion. I think that's 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 a fair talk. That's a fair discussion to have. 
However, uh, property taxes are the law of the land. And in a nutshell, and referendums are also the law of the land. And if you, like I said, property tax referendums are more about the relationships that you have between your school district and your school board. If you don't like what the property, you don't like the school board's doing, get another school board. It's just that simple. All right. Uh, Hammer's going to join us next. Maybe we'll get to some more of those voicemails a little bit later on in the show. Hammer's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey show. Abdul's in for Casey, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Jason Hammer is here. Hello, hello, hello. Is this a little Veruca Salt I hear from uh, DJ Kev back there? That is. Volcano Girls? Is this what this is? Oh, yeah. He did it for me in my 90s alternative stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I was ba- keeping Abdul in mind. <laughs> Based loosely on your college weekends in Muncie, <laughs> Volcano Girls. <laughs> uh, the chicks from Veruca Salt, hot now. I don't think they would be interested in a dude like me, but... Uh, you're number one. Yeah, I don't know if they play on the same team, though. No, they don't play oh, on the same team. I see what team. you're saying. I got you. Now I see where you're going with that. Uh, it is the Kittle Casey Show. Casey's out today. Uh, Abdul in for Casey. So Abdul and I had a little powwow here uh, earlier in the hour about Jefferson Shreve, the plan that he put out last week, the public safety plan, really blew up in his face, especially the the area on guns. Now, they, they reached out. I'm hoping we're going to have him on the show. No, they later. responded to you. <laughs> We had our executive producer, Matt, send the uh, Shreve camp uh, a message and say, hey, we've got a spot for you here on Afternoon Drive. There's a dude that actually lives in Indianapolis that would like to speak with you. Crickets. I think you can still hear the crickets. I don't know why they like me so much, because usually I'm the mean one that people don't want to talk to. It's like, remember that movie where uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi flipped roles where Belushi played the straight guy and Aykroyd was the the wacky guy? I mean, it totally bombed at the box office, but like this is the one where I'm kind of like the calm guy. And you're the wild <laughs> off the rails guy. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, Abdul, let me ask you this. Since okay. We've got you in the studio here. One of the things that I have been getting from a ton of listeners is that they feel like they wasted their vote in the primary on Jefferson Shreve because they did not think he was going to do this in regards to the Second Amendment. Would you have done the same thing? I'd have done things a little bit differently. Like how? Um like I said, because uh, back in uh, when I announced back in oh gosh, like officially like in February, I think it was, we we put out our public safety proposal, public safety director, that worked with work with groups, uh, but there's which all, is all good stuff. It was all good stuff. We 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 definitely stayed away from the the gun issue in the sense that uh, we don't want to do anything to to trample on the rights of legally pos- of, a, of a gunner who's 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 exercising his responsible Second Amendment. Right. right. I mean, that, that, take a dude like me because I conceal, I carry when I walk around downtown Indianapolis. I live here. I've never been arrested. I pay my taxes. I'm a pretty decent family guy. Yeah, see, um, people like I'm you not are the people, problem. People like you are not the problem. You're 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 not the bad guy. So when I saw Jefferson's proposal about you know permits and getting permitless carry, I'm like, first of all, even if you believed it, as a Republican running in Marion County, why would you do that? Because at the end of the day, politics has always been about addition, not subtraction here's the qu- now, now, almost done here so the the issue is how do you address the illegal gun issue while getting those voters who may be on the fence or upset about hawks but still keeping your base in line and like i said i don't necessarily think that the strategy they picked on the on the gun issue is the one that i would have chosen 
So here's the question for you, because let's assume they come in on a, a Wednesday, and he's always been a guy of his word. He showed up here before. I, I you know, I think they they want to address this issue. Is there anything he can say to you at this point that you will say, okay, I'm willing to listen again? Or are you, it's like, like there's nothing Eric Holcomb's going to say to me that I'm going to go, oh, I'm really, I'm really curious about what you have to say. I think that, that ship has sailed. Where are you at? What, what could he do? Because there's a lot of people who are you, who if he comes on the show, he's going to be talking to. And I don't know if I can answer that question, because right now I'm prepared to leave the damn thing blank. And I can't believe that, because I hate Joe Hawkset. Hate's a strong word, right? Hate really is a powerful word. Capital H, capital A, <laughs> capital T, capital E. I hate Joe Hogsett for what he's done to the city, the way that he talks about the police in a public forum. Because a lot of people will say, well, Joe Hogsett actually supports the police in private. But then he throws them under the bus publicly, and that changes the perception of the police department. That's something losers do. This city struggles under him. So to answer your question, it's almost like the way the FCC views pornography. I'll know it when I see it. I'll have to hear something because what he did to Joe Hogsett's campaign, you took the area where he's the weakest crime in the city with a plan that's not going to become the law anyway. And you said, hey, that's a pretty good idea. I know all of these Indiana General Assembly folks are not going to make the law change, but what I'm going to do is say that that's a great idea. So you and I come at it, and Abdul, you and I come at it from different perspectives. You both live in Marion County. I do not. All I want to do, and I talked about why I supported Abdul, is be able to get to work and out of work and home safely and occasionally feel safe enough to walk downtown. So I look at it as... It's never going to pass. He's got no shot. He's an idiot for putting it out. Right. But 80% of the other stuff is markedly better than what Joe Joe Hawkset has. Does he get any grace for that? No. I feel like it's common sense, right? What's happening with Joe Hawkset under his time in Indy has not worked. And fun fact, the most violent years were before constitutional carry passed. All he had to do was have his probably five or six team of way overpriced political staffers (laughs) come to him and say, here's what you say. The other guy's plan is never going to become the law. It's a Hail Mary. It's a wish list. His poll numbers, even with Democrats, are bad. Abdul, you've told us this for a number of years. A lot of Democrats are losing steam with Joe Hogsett. This plan was never going to become law anyway. What we're going to do is have realistic conversations about how Indianapolis is going to get better. We're going to be tougher on violent repeat criminals. Maybe we'll have better rehabilitation programs programs for nonviolent offenders. We're going to work with the inner cities. We're going to have mentor programs. You lay out things like that. You don't blame people like me, people like my dad and my neighbor for all of the problems going on on the canal in downtown Indianapolis. The other That's re- ridiculous. The other reason I liked Abdul is I had no doubt that on a debate stage and in television ads, Abdul would have questioned Joe Hogsett where he was during the riots. To me, it is concerning that we have an aggressive stance on guns for law-abiding citizens of the state, and yet I've seen no aggression whatsoever from Jefferson Shreve, because everybody knows where Hogsett was, about the where he was during the riots. He's coming off as weak. He's coming off as a sellout. He's coming off as somebody that's not willing to fight back. He's got all the money to make a difference. And this is why I'm so mad. People have asked me over the weekend, why did you flip out the way you do? Because 
I know he's got a shot. He had a shot. He lost it, honestly, on Friday to me. I think he lost by throwing people like us that had his back, that were willing to support him, and he drove us right off a cliff. Yeah, I don't And it's, it's, like, yeah. like, like I said at the beginning, politics has always been about addition, not subtraction. And at the end of the day, you got to have sort of a net plus uh, of voters. Now, maybe there's some polling or something out there that shows that you know most people would support what he wants to do. However, like I said, yeah, you have to, you'll have to ask Jefferson when he, when yeah, he comes on. Those week. people aren't voting for him anyway. You can tell me yeah. Marion County says they want gun control. How many people did you speak with and how many of them would even consider voting for you anyway? I do give him credit, though, that recognizing if anyone can save his campaign, it's Rob Kendall. That's probably a good move. <laughs> I, think a, I think he's a pansy, a punk. I'm still disgusted. And I can't wait for this afternoon. What's uh, what's coming up this afternoon? I'm going to remind everybody every single day until the election because those overpriced nerds that he hired to run his campaign are hoping the news cycle takes away the story. I'm going to remind people every damn day. Ah, oh, that's Hammer. Let's Bulls go! Here. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC.